you hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Today, we're talking about bigger being better and how you can get it. A better credit score, that is. Plus, we have a laugh or two about sugar daddies. We've got Colin Brennan from Credit Karma on Queer Money this week, and he helps us break down credit scores, credit history, and the tools, tricks, and tips that you can use to potentially save you thousands of dollars. Plus, we've got a free tool for you. Go to the show notes in the podcasting app that you're using right now and click on the link to get the Debt-Free Guys credit score and report checklist so you can use all the tips that we talk about in this show and more. Let's get on with the show already, David. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. Welcome, Colin Brennan from Credit Karma. Excited to have you. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So for our listeners, Colin is a senior editor at Credit Karma and Credit Karma is a company and an app and a website that helps people better understand and manage their credit ratings and their credit scores and their credit reports and all that. So Colin is on our show today to talk about all things credit scores and credit reports. So welcome, Colin. Do you mind giving our audience a little bit of background on who you are and what you do exactly at Credit Karma? Yeah, of course. So like you said, I am the senior editor over here at Credit Karma, and my team is responsible for producing regular stream of content and articles that are designed to educate our members about their credit and all the different things that go into that, whether it's your credit scores, your credit reports, any kind of credit monitoring, such as it's a topic that people have been really interested in in the wake of the Equifax breach. Right. And just a little bit about my background. My background is actually not really in finance. Before arriving at Credit Karma, I spent about a decade in different editorial positions and as a freelance journalist. So my relationship with money and with finance really began when I was a freelancer. And I had to think a lot about some of the financial decisions that to that point had pretty much been made for me. You know, how much money do I contribute to my my IRA? How do I simplify my taxes, make sure that those aren't a nightmare? So just that kind of stuff kind of, kind of got me the gears turning in terms of finances. And then being at Credit Karma and being engaged with all the content that my team's producing has really helped to make me more of an expert. So right on. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, how, did you, have you. how did you get it so that all that stuff was taken care of for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. not I, I really had to take care of it myself. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like being a freelancer and managing your own business, so to speak, kind of forced you to become serious about your, your finances, huh? Yeah. And it was a really seamless transition for me in that respect where, you know, I hadn't really thought much about my credit score, my credit report. There's a stat that I, I learned when I started here at Credit Karma that almost half of Americans have actually never received their credit report. I wasn't quite on that level, but I still, it wasn't something that I was checking on a regular basis or really had much of a personal stake in. So, you know, being at Credit Karma and being involved in these conversations with our members, it's made me really understand how important it is to be on top of that stuff. Right. Exactly. Isn't it funny that we have this outrage and railing against these companies for these data breaches and all this information, but half of Americans <laughs> don't even know what to do to make sure that that information is being kept accurate or in protected. a sense protected <laughs> from thieves or scoundrels or whatever you want scoundrels. to call them. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was joking with one of my coworkers a few weeks ago is that when the Equifax breach hit, I, I'm pretty sure that's the first time most Americans had ever heard of Equifax in general. Right. Startling statistic that 50% of Americans haven't received their credit report. That's Which 
baffling. It's so funny because whenever you have a mark against you, whether that's a, a late payment or you've opened up an account and it's been closed because for whatever reason, you always get those letters that say, something has happened. Please make sure you check your credit report. You can get it for free if you go right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we go devolve too much off the topic, <laughs> Colin, would you mind breaking it down in simple terms? What is a credit score and what is a credit report? Sure. So a credit score, in simple terms, it's a three-digit number that relates to how likely you are to repay your debt. Banks and lenders like to use this because it helps them decide whether they're going to approve you for a credit card or a loan. So if you have a good or an excellent credit score, a bank or a lender will look at that and they'll say, cool, sounds good. I will approve this person for a loan because I'm pretty sure they're going to pay me back and not default. In a very broad sense, your credit scores are built on your credit history. So there's lots of aspects of your credit history and different factors are weighed differently in your credit scores. But things like your payment history, like you mentioned, late payments, that goes into your credit scores. How much credit you're using at a given time, just something called your, your credit utilization rate. And then there's some other factors that are weighted a little bit less heavily. And those are factors like how many accounts you have open at a given time and how many times your credit's been checked by lenders. It's called a hard inquiry. We can talk about that some more later. But yeah, there's all these different factors that go into your credit scores and they all kind of are used to calculate this one three-digit number. So it's, your credit score is a moving number and basically what it tells lenders of any form, how likely you are to repay them back for the loan that they're giving you. Is that right? That is right. Okay. And you actually have a lot of people talk about credit scores as if they only have one credit score. Everyone actually has, well, not everyone, but most people have quite a few credit scores. So there's not just one single number that is your credit score. You have credit scores from all the different major credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. And you might have different credit scores for different sort of aspects of your credit profile. Like there's an auto credit score, you could have a home loan credit score. So the companies that calculate credit scores will make several of them for each person. Gotcha. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that latter, the specific to an auto loan or to a mortgage or, or other type of loan. That's interesting. Yeah, FICO yeah. actually offers. I believe. I believe they offer like 28 different scores that are all optimized for different like lending decisions. So they'll churn out different scores based on whether you're applying for a credit card, mortgage, an auto loan. There's lots of different different credit scores out there. Right. And just to be clear to our audience, Colin didn't just swear at us all. <laughs> FICO isn't actually a company. <laughs> and since you threw it out there, who is FICO and what do they do? FICO is one of the two main credit scoring models. So there's FICO and Vantage Score. Basically, they're scoring models that I guess essentially, if you want to think about it in a simple term, it's kind of like a formula that is used to calculate your credit scores. And the three main credit bureaus, which are like, again, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, they will use those main models, the FICO and Vantage score. They will use those to calculate your credit score, what ends up being your, say, your Experian credit score, or your Equifax credit score. And they're just different ways of accounting for all the different factors that go into your credit history. For all their differences, they're actually quite similar. Right. Yeah. Okay. And FICO should not be confused with FICA taxes. One ends with an O, the other ends with an A. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So could you explain then what a credit report is? Yeah. A uh, credit report is basically where you're going to find all the information that goes into your credit score. So your credit scores are calculated using information that appears on your reports. Like I said, those three major credit bureaus all issue a credit report. And at Credit Karma, we offer uh, free credit reports from Equifax and TransUnion. So you could just go on to Credit Karma and see 
what is all in your reports. And it's all stuff that shouldn't surprise you. I would hope it wouldn't surprise you. If it does, then, then there's an ID monitoring you might want to look into. But that's the kind of stuff like your payment history. You'll see all the different credit card accounts you have open. If you have like an auto loan or a mortgage, you'll see that appearing on your credit report. You might also see any hard inquiries or pulls. So if you've applied for a credit card in the past year or so, in the past two years, you might see that on your credit report. So it's, it's always a good idea to go in, use Credit Karma or, or go in there and see what is on your credit reports and just make sure that all that information is accurate. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And Colin, we'll link to where on the Credit Karma website, people can get that credit report so they can investigate that themselves. Yeah. Luckily, it's quite easy to find. Just go on to creditkarma.com. Once you sign in, you'll see your two scores and then you'll see the link to the report that kind of goes into more detail about what kind of goes into those scores. Is that free? It's all free. Everything's awesome. free. Awesome. And so to David's point earlier, it's these reports, your credit report would suggest whether or not you might have been adversely affected by you know a data breach of some sort, whether it was Target a couple of years ago or trans, was it TransUnion this year? Who was recently doing Equifax. 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 Yeah. The credit report would really show if someone has applied for, say, a credit card or not a loan in your name and it's not you. And that's where you would be able to look at that and say, okay, something's wrong here. That's not me. Or you see something on there from a credit card and it says you had a late payment, but you know you didn't. That's the kind of place where you would find that kind of information and be able to go and fix it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's so important to check your reports fairly regularly. You know, you don't have to be crazy and check them every day. Some people do. A lot of people I work with do because we're really into it. <laughs> um, but, you know, just go in there every once in a while. And especially, you know, in, in the wake of breaches like what happened at Equifax, it's just it really pays to stay on top of your credit and it pays to kind of recognize, you know, when an error is there and be able to solve it. And Credit Karma actually offers this. We have a direct dispute tool that you can dispute any errors you see directly from the site. And it's really simple. I've used it. I've gone in there when writing articles or editing articles and, and kind of toyed around with it. And it's, it's super straightforward, but it's, it's just important to see, like, if you see a credit card account on there that you don't recognize, you don't want that on your report because it means that either something went wrong, there was an error. And actually, errors are quite common. I'm not exactly sure what the exact statistics are, but errors are, are surprisingly frequent. It's just something, you know, you want to go on there and, and just see what your report looks like and just see if everything adds up. Right. And that's nice that Credit Karma provides that tool to help people dispute claims because before it used to be a little very cumbersome and tedious. You used yes. to have to, way back in the day, not that I ever had to do this, but you had to write a letter. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the mail. In some cases, you still might want to write a letter depending on which bureau you're disputing with and, you know, what you want for your records. But in general, yeah, our direct dispute tool works really well. And we're proud of it. You know, it, it has definitely saved a lot of people money in Stripe. So it's a good thing to to look at. And even if you just want to go on to your different different reports and compare them, you know, if you want to look at your Equifax report and see how that compares to your TransUnion report, you can see that as well. So you can kind of put them side by side and make sure everything adds up. Right. So in theory, both reports should mirror each other, right? Yeah, they should be quite similar. There's, sometimes there's some minor discrepancies, but that's kind of based on how lenders report to the bureaus because the information for it to get on your report, a lender has to report it to the bureau. So lenders don't always report everything to every bureau. So there might be some discrepancies in that sense, but generally speaking, you should see a lot of the same information on those different reports. Right. So lenders don't report to every bureau, but it's also that they also don't report at the same time. That's true. That's true. And that's why your scores might look different from one another. So you might have, say, a 750 
with Experian and your TransUnion score would be, you know, 720. And you'd be wondering, well, what's the deal? Why are these scores different? And that's because it's up to lenders to decide what information they report to the major credit bureaus and, and which bureaus they report to in the first place. So there could be some minor discrepancies there. But like I said, there shouldn't be anything major. There shouldn't be an account you've never seen or never heard of just showing up on your report. Right. Perfect. So you alluded to this earlier, but ultimately, why do I really care about my credit score? You care about your credit score because it is pretty much what helps you get approved for the best credit cards or the best loans. Say you want to apply for a really rewards-laden credit card, a rewards credit card. You're not sure if your credit score is high enough to qualify. That's definitely something you want to check before you apply for the card. Because if you apply for a card like that, that requires excellent credit and you don't have the requisite credit, then you will likely be denied. And you will also get the hard inquiry on your credit report, which could drop your score just a few points depending on several different factors. But generally speaking, it's your credit score is what banks and lenders use to decide whether they're going to you know, give you a loan. And banks aren't the only people who do it. You know, If you want to go get a car, you're probably going to get an auto loan. So credit score will determine what interest rate you're paying on your auto loan. It could be a, a huge factor in that. It could also be a factor in student loan applications. It could be a factor in if you're renting an apartment. The landlord might look up your credit score and see what it looks like just to make sure that you're a reliable tenant. So there's all sorts of different facets of your life that your credit score might end up affecting. You know, high credit score could get you the best rate, which could save you thousands of dollars over the course of your life. It also could mean whether or not you're able to easily find a roof to put over your head. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little twisted, the system, because, you know, it's like the people who need it less are the ones who end up, you know, benefiting from it the most. So... Exactly. Well, and you know, John and I, one of the principles or the tools that we applied when we were paying off our debt is something that we call the debt lasso method, where we went out and looked for loans and credit cards that we could refinance our debt to low or zero interest, if at all possible. That's what helped us pay off our debt so quickly. So it was important for us. And for those of you who want to follow that kind of strategy as well, when you're paying off your debt, you want to make sure you have that high credit score. And as Colin's mentioning here, you can check that credit score before you get turned down for those credit cards or loans. So please do that. When we encourage you to go for a, a zero or low interest credit card, make sure you're checking your credit score before you apply. I had brought up the example of a luxury travel credit card earlier, but you're totally right. If you want to apply for a balance transfer credit card and you want to transfer your balance from a high interest credit card to one with 0% interest, those cards generally require good to excellent credit. So if you don't have the credit score to qualify for that card, then you're still stuck paying that high interest. That could end up being hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your debt. So it can really be a huge factor. Right. Yep. For John and I, it saved us $10,000 the first year we refinanced. <laughs> well, there you go. There, there's, there's the prime example. Yep. Exactly. And it, all that went towards our credit card debt. And that, like David said, helped us expeditiously pay off all of our debt. So we get a lot of questions from our audience, the younger people who are just starting out their careers or, or just getting into college. How can they build a credit history or a score? How can they get started? So there's a lot of different ways you could start building credit from scratch. One of the really most popular ways is to, for like a lot of people, this isn't an option, but say you have parents who have decent credit, so they already have credit card accounts open, you can ask them to add you as an authorized user on their credit card. So you'll get your own credit card that's tied to their account. And 
you will have a chance to build your credit while they will have a chance to get cash back from your purchases. So it's kind of a win-win situation. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, <laughs> not always. That's not always possible. Sometimes if you are an authorized user on someone else's credit card, all of the information that is reported to the credit bureaus is only appears on the main cardholder, only appears on their credit report. But in a lot of cases, that can work. You could also, if you want to go another route, you could get a co-signer. So if you're applying for a credit card or buying your first car or applying for a student loan, you can get someone with good credit to co-sign that loan. And that can increase your chance of qualifying if they have good credit. And that's basically means that they're on the hook too. So if you default, it means that they have to pay back your debt. So you definitely want to find someone that you can trust and likewise, you can trust you. But yeah, there's lots of other ways to build credit, even if you don't want to go that route. If you want to kind of do it yourself, you can get a secured credit card. And a secured credit card is its actually pretty cool. It's a credit card that is secured by a cash deposit. So if you want to put down $300 deposit with the card issuer, then they'll give you a card with a $300 credit limit. So you can start building your credit that way. And what's really nice about secured credit cards is that they generally report to all three bureaus. So if you continue to pay off your monthly bill in full and, and do it responsibly, then all that information is going to be reported to the bureaus and you should gradually see your score improve over time with responsible use. Those are just a couple of ways of doing it. There's lots of others. We can go into those if you want, but yeah, that's just kind of a, you know getting someone to co-sign or be an authorized user or starting off with a secured credit card that's more kind of geared towards people with little to no credit. That's great. Thank you very much. And if this seems like a lot of information for you to our audience, we will link to a credit report and credit score checklist for you to keep track of how you can build credit score and credit history and also then how you can manage it after. So don't worry about this being too much information all at one time for you. What is a good credit score and what is a bad credit score? I think it kind of depends on... There's a lot of different factors that go into it. I don't like to talk so much in like absolutes when I'm talking about credit scores because there's lots of different factors at play. Different lenders have their own standards. So when they're looking at your credit scores, like, you know, a 640 might look one way to one lender and then will to another. But generally speaking, I would say a 700 and higher, and that's on a scale of 300 to 850, is generally considered to be pretty good. And when you start to get in like the 780 and above, that's when you're looking at like a really excellent seller score. Gotcha. So then David and I should probably stop competing in terms of who has a better credit score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, once you get to a certain point, it's pretty much in the clear. <laughs> there are people who will, who will try to get the perfect scores and go up to 850 or whatever, but I feel like that is more of a hobbyist thing than something, that you, <laughs> something you really need to pay attention to. That's not the coolest thing to be uh, dropping in at cocktail parties, right? That I don't you know, have an 850 so. credit score. <laughs> you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how nerdy people can get about it. But yeah, in but general, some of those credit karma people after that happy hour, they probably are uh, yeah, <laughs> competing. Exactly. Yeah, and it's really lively over here. <laughs> so then you might defer my next question. What's the fastest way that you've heard of someone going from a very poor credit score to an exceptional score? I can't really speak to that. Obviously, at Credit Karma, we don't have access to that data. So mm -hmm. it's not like we're just monitoring people's scores as they're changing. That's you know private information that we'd like to keep secure. So I don't have a ton more access to that than, I guess, your average person. But I will say that as a general rule, you're not very likely to see your score shoot up or shoot down dramatically based on sort of small decisions that you make, whether you're, you know, if you apply for a secured car, you're not going to see your score just all of a sudden, you know, go up 100 or 200 points, you have to really work on it. 
you know, it's sort of a, it's a more of a marathon than a sprint. That's how we like to communicate to our readers and to our members. It's as long as you're doing all the different things that, you know, go into using your credit responsibly, as long as you're, you know, paying your bills on time, as long as you're keeping your utilization low, as long as you're not racking up debt and, you know, carrying that over month to month and not paying your minimum payments, then you should see your score gradually improve over time. So I would hesitate to say anyone's just going to, you know, do a couple things and see their score shoot up. I think it's more of a something you're just going to have to be patient with and check regularly. I'll just throw in a little cheeky comment here. <laughs> I think that probably the only only way to really see it shoot up is if you get a sugar daddy and have him pay off all your credit cards. <laughs> yeah, getting a sugar daddy does help. That's actually we have a lot of we have several articles just about that. So you can, yeah. you know. We'll have to link to some of those in the show notes as well. <laughs> that's always that's always my biggest piece of advice. Just get a sugar daddy and be fine. <laughs> Marry for money, not love. Yes, exactly. Marry for the credit score. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are actually, I've, I've heard of dating apps now that are based on credit scores. They match people based on having similar credit scores. So if oh, you really? want to find love that way, then your credit score, I suppose, could matter for romantic reasons as well. Oh, so we're not just helping people with their finances. We're helping people with their romances too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's cool. You alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I want to give you an opportunity for a stronger plug for Credit Karma. How can our audience, what tools and resources are available to help them monitor and better manage their credit score? Uh, we have so many tools. Obviously, you'll log on, you'll get your free credit scores. It'll be great. I see what my scores are. You can dig in to see what your reports are. We also offer free credit monitoring in the U.S. and Canada. So you can go on there and just make sure that you're notified on a rolling basis of any significant changes. So if a new account's opened in your name or if you decide to open a new credit card, you should get a notification from Credit Karma just to that effect. And you know, if, if you don't remember doing that or if you didn't do it, then it's also nice to have that notification. We also do direct dispute, which is something that if you see an error on your reports, you can go on there and, and dispute it directly via the site. A lot of people don't have credit reports. A lot of people have what we call a thin file. So that means their credit file is too thin to generate an actual score. So what happens in that case is, you know, we have a lot of educational resources where people can learn about what to do when they don't currently have a score, how to build their credit history. Some of those things I alluded to earlier. We have a breakdown of all the different credit factors that you can look at, you can kind of do a deeper dive into all the different things that go into your credit scores. We have a simulator. So if you want to apply for a new credit card and you're wondering how that might affect your score, you can kind of simulate that and see what happens, which is really cool. I haven't used that, but I hear pretty good things about it. And obviously, another really important thing that people care about in the wake of the Equifax breach is we offer ID monitoring. So, you know, if you are in the US, we will monitor whether your personal information has been exposed in another company's public data breach. Like you said, there's so many of these. Target had a big one and Equifax, obviously, but there's really like a, a staggering number of these data breaches. So that's another free service we offer just to help people kind of stay on top of their not only their credit, but their ID. These two things often go hand in hand. Absolutely. Right. I think I saw in the last month or so something about even the federal government, I think it was the IRS. Well, actually, the IRS isn't really technically a part of the federal government. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> they, had a, they had a data breach, something like four, I think it was 400,000 or some odd individual's information was shared or was out there in the ether for people to use. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, that ID monitoring is great, but I also love the account opening notification because other than your information being stolen or somebody stealing your credit card and using that, I think the biggest concerns is somebody opening an account that you have no idea exists and then start using that 
Can you get that kind of notification if your husband or wife opens an account? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, Why do you ask, sir? <laughs> your credit score is yours, is yours and yours alone. So generally, yeah. I don't think I don't think that Credit Karma supports that functionality. But I realize as I'm listing off all these different resources, there's so many others that I haven't mentioned yet. Like we just opened up an auto assistant. So if you have a car. You can go on there and, and see what your auto credit score is. And that's sort of something that's more tailored to your auto insurance and what kind of rates you're likely to qualify in that sense. You also have a hub for home loans and mortgages. So there's all sorts of different aspects of, of your sort of financial picture that Credit Karma is trying to cover. And I know that we, we are generally known for being the free credit score and free credit report app. But I think that there's just so much other stuff that relates to your credit health, your overall credit health that we can definitely help help out with. But you're also yeah. good for having good credit score commercials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, was going to say, I've got two questions for you. One, did that girl ever buy the other girl a new phone? <laughs> no, see, I don't have a TV at home. So I hear about people, like when I tell people I work at Credit Karma, they're always talking about the commercials. And I, I have no reference point of yeah, what they're throws it in the pond. Yeah, they, in one of the commercials, the girl grabs her friend's phone and throws it in a pond. Oh, uh, yeah. I have, I have seen this one, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I hope she got a new phone. The second question is, can you go back and revisit a little bit on that auto insurance app? Because I read about that on CNBC last week or two weeks ago. Is it something kind of like helps you shop for auto insurance kind of real time? It just notifies you when there might be a better insurance rate for you? Yeah, it's really awesome. I love our new auto hub. It just debuted a couple of weeks ago. And it's great. It's getting you to think about your car, I think, in a way that a lot of people don't as sort of part of your financial picture. You know, if you use apps like Mint or, you know, any other kind of personal finance apps, you'll oftentimes be asked sort of to enter your vehicle information is just to kind of see what kind of equity you have as part of your overall financial picture. But I don't think any anyone else has sort of done the comprehensive auto picture the way that Credit Karma is trying to do now, which is sort of showing you what your auto insurance rate is currently, whether we think you can save money by refinancing. We have a hub where you can shop for auto insurance. We also have other notifications as well. We have a tab at the bottom for if your vehicle's had a safety recall, we can notify you of that. So we pull in that information. Nice. So there's just all the different aspects of kind of what makes you a good and responsible car owner. We like to kind of have all that covered in one place. It's really cool. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how people, how people use it and how they respond to it. Yeah, Thank that you. sounds pretty awesome. You're getting very dynamic with all that. So can we touch a little bit more specifically about the data breaches? Because I think that's a top concern to a lot of people right now. What advice do you have specifically for data breaches to help mitigate any consequences to you prior to a breach? Any ideas? Yeah, I would just say in general, my advice would be to be proactive and to you know check your credit reports regularly. If you've heard of a data breach that you think might affect you, definitely go on and check your credit reports. Sign up for Credit Karma. You can get that ID monitoring and you can get that credit monitoring. It's all for free. And if you're really concerned about it, you could also go onto the individual credit bureau websites and you could lock or freeze your credit files. So that would prevent anyone or yourself as well from opening new credit accounts in your name. I mean, a lot of people have done that. It's been kind of a popular option. I personally haven't done it. My approach is just to monitor my reports and make sure everything looks good. But if you are really concerned about it, then you can definitely take that extra step and, and lock or freeze your file. And sometimes that costs a little bit extra money to do. Sometimes the bureaus provide that service for free. It's a case-by-case -case basis. I know that Equifax is allowing you to do that for free in the wake of the breach. 
Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So here's a somewhat fun question. Hopefully you can answer. What's the most off the wall reason you've heard of why a credit score was asked for or pulled? Any fun <laughs> examples? <laughs> I wouldn't say they're fun examples. There's some weird ones. So typically, so when you say like credit score is pulled, it means that it's what we call a hard inquiry, which means it's an inquiry that will probably affect your credit scores in some way. It will definitely appear on your credit reports. Those are generally things that you wouldn't be surprised about, like credit card applications, mortgage applications, any kind of loan applications. But there's some weird ones out there. It can happen when you apply for a cell phone plan. Like if you go to like the Verizon store and want to get a new cell phone and you get a plan that goes with it, the cell phone provider will do a hard pull on your credit score, which is kind really? of odd. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that you would expect. So it's definitely something to look out for and just be aware of. You know, when you're shopping for a phone, it's not your credit usually isn't front of mind. So right. you might just kind of overlook that aspect of it. Do you know if your credit score is pulled if you, you know, try to get a landline? Well, sometimes utility companies will pull your credit report before starting service. Oh, gotcha. uh, so that's, a, that's another kind of strange one is that if you are moving into a new home or apartment and you're signing up with the utility company, they may pull your credit report and just kind of see what that looks like. And if it's below their threshold, whatever threshold they determine, then they may actually ask you for a deposit or a cosigner. So it's another thing, you know, people don't think about that when they're thinking about things as basic as utilities, but it kind of sucks to have to pay $500 deposit just to get your utilities up and running. So it's one of the weirder cases that I've found where it's just, you know, it's not something you're thinking about. You're just like, okay, cool. I want to get my utilities together. <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, this is going to be like a hard inquiry on my credit report. So I have to worry about that as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, that they're pulling that because they have to make sure that they get paid back for their services. It never would have occurred to me. And that just seems like it could be, I don't know, maybe dangerous or difficult for someone who's just getting started. Let's say you've just graduated from college and you're moving out on your own and you apply for several different utilities and you get a phone in your your name and all of a sudden you've got five 10 hard inquiries on your credit and it just boom, 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 could knock you down a little bit there. Yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, you're trying to do start life. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, the way the world is set up and especially the financial world is they tend to make it harder for the people who can't afford it to be that hard. So it's it's kind of a bummer in that sense. You know, it's we always talk about when when people ask, you know, how to build your credit score, it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing because you kind of need you need a pretty good credit score to to qualify for a lot of these cards or a lot of these loans. But at the same time, having those loans and, and paying them off, and that's what helps you build your score. So it's just, it can be difficult to get started, but it's not impossible. Exactly. So I think we've covered a lot on this episode. Do you have any recommendations, Colin, on other points we might have missed or that our listeners should be aware of? One thing. So we've talked a lot about these hard inquiries, these polls that can be reported to your credit reports. And I wanted just to kind of pull back a little bit and mention the other side of that, which is there's such a thing as a soft inquiry or a soft pull. So there's the hard and the soft. And the hard are the ones you want to be a little bit more worried about. Those are the ones that will show up on your credit reports for, I believe, up to two years, and then they'll disappear. But a soft inquiry is something like checking your credit scores on Credit Karma. That would be considered a soft inquiry. And that actually has no effect on your credit scores whatsoever, which a lot of people don't know about. There was, I think, TransUnion, they did a credit literacy survey over the summer, and they found that about half of the people in their survey thought that checking your own score has the same effect as when a lender checks it. And that's just not true. So 
If you're wary at all about going on a Credit Karma and checking your scores, if you think that's going to count as a hard pull, then I will assure you that it does not. There's some other things that also don't count as a hard pull. Like if you've ever gotten one of those pre-qualified credit card offers in the mail where, you know, you'll get something from like American Express that says, hey, like you're pre-qualified for this card. They've checked your credit score to see that you're pre-qualified, but it does not mean that they've already done a hard pull on your credit. So not something to worry about. If you do decide to end up applying for that card, then that will count as a hard pull. But there's a lot of cases where a lender or even yourself can look at your credit score and it would not be counted as a hard pull. So I guess then it would make sense when you're applying for something to ask them, is this going to be a hard pull or a soft pull? Yeah. And they generally should tell you. It's required by law for them to let you know if they're going to make an inquiry into your credit report. So that's something that just, you know, be aware of. But, you know, in those cases, like if you're at Verizon or AT&T and you're shopping for a cell phone, that might not be front of mind. So just in those cases, just be extra aware of it. Yeah, thank you for the clarification. So definitely don't be concerned about checking your own credit score. Doing so won't lower your credit score. But if anybody else is looking at it, definitely want to make sure that you clarify. Yeah. Yeah. And the same is true for most background checks. So if you're applying for a job and your employer wants to do a background check on you, generally speaking, that's not going to count as a hard inquiry or a hard pull. That should not have any effect on your credit scores. Gotcha. And how can someone download Credit Karma's app? You can just go to the app store of your, if you're on Android or, or iPhone. I don't know what other, I don't know what other phones exist these days, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it's right there in the app store. You download it. You can sign on using your credentials. It's super simple to sign up. It's great. You can just kind of monitor your scores and your, your credit reports on the go. It's a really simple, really, really clean mobile interface. So if you're just on the train or something and you want to, you want to know what your Equifax score is, then by all means, you can do that instead of reading a book or something. <laughs> Don't read a book with your credit score. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the advice we and like to give. Compare with everybody else on the train. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then lastly, it's probably redundant, but where else can our listeners find out more about Credit Karma? Definitely go on to creditkarma.com. You'll see a lot of our educational resources are right there. Like I said, I work with the editorial team. A lot of what we do is to produce sort of stories and articles that are geared towards helping our members understand things like your credit scores and credit reports. A lot of the stuff we've talked about over the course of this podcast. So if you're interested in, in learning more about that, you can also just follow us on social media, follow us on Facebook, and we'll oftentimes post articles that we think are relevant to our members. So yeah, it's just like there's a lot of educational resources out there. And I, I feel like we do a pretty good job of covering those bases. Absolutely. Thank you. And this might have sounded like a commercial for Credit Karma, but David and I didn't get paid for this. We're just big fans of what they do. We've actually had the chance to hang out with Colin's boss last year. And we know that, that they're all very passionate about helping people with their credit and their credit scores and credit reports. That's why we wanted to share them with you. So definitely check them out. We will link to all of the topics and pages referenced on this podcast in our show notes. So definitely check them out and you can go on to creditkarma.com and find the articles that Colin writes himself. Thank you very much, Colin. We appreciate your time today. That was great. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you again, Colin, for having a laugh with us and filling our heads with all things credit score and report. Don't forget to click on the link in your podcasting app and get the debt-free guys credit score and report checklist for free and start improving your credit score today. Okay. We just serviced you, now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle newsletter at queer.money. 
well, I'm not really gay. <laughs> <laughs> Would help me if I had a personal chef made all me all my healthy meals for me. Right. So instead, I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the other end, I like the butts. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.